So I learned a valuable lesson this week. You did. Did you, Dave? Yep. Uh, that lesson is read the rest of the outline when Susan sends you an outline and don't just read the title and go off and do your research. I was dusting off research that was much more fit for Halloween when I saw Spirits <laughs> of Wisconsin. Spirits, all for crying out loud. Oh, Dave. No candy for you, Dave. Yeah. So, I, Eric, I hope you brought backup. I hope you know what you're talking about here. Um you might have to just take this one. I don't know everything I'm talking about when it comes to distilled spirits, but I do have people with me who do. So, well, all right. We're going to be well covered in this episode <laughs> of The Cabin. And welcome back to The Cabin. This is episode 68. My name is Eric Paulson. I'm Audio Dave. And I'm Susan Foch. And with me today is a special guest who I'll introduce in just a moment, because if you're watching us on YouTube, uh, remember, Wisconsin Discover Wisconsin's official YouTube channel, our playlist is called The Cabin Podcast, you will see that I am recording in a different location than usual. I'm not in the cabin. <laughs> I'm not at home. I am in, of all places, can you tell? Can you tell where I am? Can you tell the kind of place I'm in? What does it look like to y'all? Mm, a spaceship. Actually, yeah. That's actually a, a very special. good guess, come to think of it. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, today I am uh, recording my portion of the podcast from a distillery, Central Standard Distillery to be precise, a Milwaukee-based distillery that's, uh, well, had a couple of locations. They're going to open a new one soon, and I thought this would be a great time to bring in my friend Jim Cantor, who I've known for quite a while, who is the chief commercial officer here at Central Standard Distillery. So, uh, Jim, why don't we start real quick with you uh, introducing yourself and tell us a little bit about your background, which is quite interesting. Great, Eric. Yeah, thank you very much, Dave. Susan, thanks for the opportunity to be here. Um, I have been in the Elk Bev business probably, for, well, for close to 17 years now. Uh, in, in the beer side, been on the soda side. Uh, in 2020, was such a rough year, I decided to go to the spirit side. We all need a little bit, <laughs> something a little bit stronger, I think. And um, I've known uh, Pat McCoy and Evan Hughes have started this six years ago uh, on, on, in Walker's Point. Small little side hustle, if you will, where they had a, a small little tasting room and started really taking off. And they've done uh, fantastic things with the brands that we have. We brought in some great distillers to start making products. We started with some things, uh, you know, vodka and gin, like most craft distillers start out with, because those are the easiest things to get out the door. Uh, now we've graduated up, um, not only product-wise in both our gin category and our vodka side, but have uh, some bourbons also uh, that are ready to go. So you're really, in this, in this uh, industry, it's so fun, it's exciting. The art and the science, kind of how things materialize to me has been very fascinating. You know, you put liquid into a barrel and you cross your fingers and hope four or five years later that it, <laughs> that it works out well and you see the money that's in there every day. So It is a bit of delayed gratification, isn't it, Jim? I mean... <laughs> It, it, it absolutely is, and there's different things going on within the beverage space overall. The, the you see the the RTDs that are out there, the ready to drink beverages and cocktails. Um, you see the beverage blur kind of that we've been seeing for a while, where things are starting to really come together. Whether it's malt-based beverages or spirits-based beverages that are in a can or in a bottle. Our latest version of a bourbon that we've come out with that's been, uh, you know, it, it ages minimum of four years, but we finish it in a Cabernet wine cask. Uh, from California. So those things are now starting to blend together where wines and bourbons and other things are really <laughs> starting to um, do that. And technology has, has allowed a lot of that to happen. And then we have great distillers that kind of have crazy thoughts in their minds and they start doing those things and we get to taste them. 
That's awesome. Nice. And we get to talk about distilleries all around the state. We'll, of course, talk about Central Standard, too, because they were kind enough to let us in here and let us see all their <laughs> equipment and uh, sample some of their beverages. Pardon me for a moment. <laughs> ah, delicious. Well, you better, so, you better tell us about our County of the Week. Yes, we'll get into we that get too far here. before we get even into that. Uh, since today is the 4th of May, it is May the 4th Be With You Day. Cinco de Mayo <laughs> is tomorrow, and uh, so it's a big day to talk about calendar dates. And Susan, what do we have for our Discover Wisconsin calendar? What a smooth transition, hey. Eric. I love it. <laughs> it's like you're a professional. It's like I've done radio for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So Discover Wisconsin is super excited to announce that our 2022 Discover Wisconsin calendar contest is officially underway. If you have been a fan of the shop, which has all of like our fun t-shirts and sweaters and mugs and stickers and all of the above, then you probably have seen our calendar which is comprised strictly of photography all around Wisconsin from photos that you, the photographer, have submitted. Um, and then we usually will vote on social media. It'll be a super great process. So if you are a photographer who wants your work featured in the Discover Wisconsin calendar, head to our latest blog post on The Bobber, which is bobber.discoverwisconsin.com, for all the details and learn how you can enter. All right. It's very fun. So the cabin is brought to you by the Wisconsin Counties Association. And this week, we're going up to Washburn County, up in the northwestern part of the state. The county was named after Governor Cadwallader C. Washburn. Who? That's a name I haven't seen before. Names their kid Cadwallader. Well, you know, we... in the days where everyone's looking for that unique baby name, there you go, fans. <laughs> Cadwallader. Honestly, can we just be grateful that it's not. Cadwallader County, but it is just Washburn County. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll go there. Yeah, I guess yeah. they called him Cad for short, or maybe Wally. <laughs> you know, who knows? Uh, it's a big, big spot for ATV trails. We filmed up there a number of times. There are enough AV trails in Washburn County to ATV your way from one end of the county to the other. And if you put them end to end, you could probably go most of the way across the country. There are miles and miles of trails there. Natural wonders are in Washburn County, too, including a large chunk of the Ice Age Trail. And uh, this section is known as the Grassy Lake segment. And, of course, you have the St. Croix National Scenic Riverway, which is great for paddling, sightseeing. Uh, it's just a really, really beautiful spot. And uh, just, just head north, northwest, and you'll eventually find it. <laughs> nice. All right. So since I have something flammable in my glass here... Shall we light this candle, Dave? <laughs> you bet. Mm. <laughs> Let me just get my own sip here. Susan, you teetotal. So, yeah, Susan, what is going on over there? <laughs> I, I have water. I know. I'm really lame today, you guys. You could have <laughs> said it was vodka. We wouldn't have known. Well, you might have known. Yeah, we can, tell, we can tell yeah. the difference okay. over there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, listeners know that we enjoy talking about our adult beverages that Wisconsin is known so well for uh, here on the cabin, and we like drinking them while we talk about them. Um, we've talked about Old Fashions, Bloody Marys. We've gone over our favorite breweries and favorite wineries, but we haven't actually touched on distilleries yet. And that has been something that has drove Eric crazy because I know he's <laughs> he is very passionate about them. So we're very excited to be talking about this today. Uh, we're excited to have you here, Jim. And I wanted to kick us off by asking you as a connoisseur of distilled spirits, what do you think it is that separates great distilleries or even their final product from the rest of the herd that's out there? 
Yeah, there's first, there's a ton of great distilleries really popping up here in the state of Wisconsin. There's no doubt about it. And I think part of the reason is the combination. It, it's no different than any other industry, the quality of the ingredients. We have great quality ingredients. We get our grains here, right here in Ottawa, Wisconsin, where we uh, use a lot of the, the different things there. The water also very is very important to making mm. that quality. We know from, you know, German immigrants coming over <laughs> and making beer in the day. Uh, that's they were here and they were making beer with the great water. And we've really done a great job uh, being water stewards here in the state. So I think those two things, and then the creativity certainly of the of the distillers really comes into play. Right? How do you make different things? And I'm I'm constantly amazed at not only our distillers but other distillers and how they actually can think through things quickly they bring uh whether it's we're making a gin uh how they can change things with the botanicals and the gin so quickly mm-hmm. and really bring something back to you the next day that tastes totally different because of the different combinations that they use so i think the creativity i think we see a lot of that out there right now with entrepreneurial spirit uh from a lot of folks and then the quality of the ingredients and then just having fun with it really that's the other thing that's that's a ingredient you can't measure but if you allow people to have fun you get some great products and, you know, we're, we're going to go over a whole bunch of distilleries in the state shortly. Uh, but we do have uh, also with us is the, what's your title, Logan? Uh, I guess just distiller. The we're title is distiller. And, uh, yes, we're going to get the microphone over to him or maybe have him uh, pop in the chair for a moment. We'll be good. <laughs> so, as you can tell, we are live on location here, right? How beautiful is that? So, Perfect. Logan, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. And actually, for people, because distilleries make you make you know vodka and gin and brandy and bourbon and whiskey. Just a kind of a quick thirty thousand foot view of some of the differences between them, so everybody's kind of really up to speed on some of the major things. And by the way, he's the real deal. He's from Kentucky, Owensboro, Ooh. Kentucky. You, so yeah, you won't <laughs> be able to tell by the accent. But <laughs> uh, so bourbon has to be consisted of fifty one percent or more corn. Um, what you'll find in our mash bill is it's usually around 70%, and that's what's found in our red cabin and also our um, straight bourbon whiskey that we sell. We also have a Washington's rye that we make. Um, it's kind of an interesting story. We, we found the mash bill uh, that George Washington used to use at his distillery, and um, wow. we kind of just... Stole it, I guess. <laughs> no, uh, but so borrowed, we, uh, you know, all kinds of yeah, imitate. borrowed, yeah, that's right. Uh, and it, it gives a really fruit forward bourbon or rye, and usually that is, I would say, about fifty five percent rye that we make that with. Uh, we also make a high rye, which is eighty percent rye, and the other twenty percent is malted barley. We make a Door County cherry as well. We just infuse vodka with like a cherry and honey mm. flavoring and just let that mix for a while and it makes a really sweet um, really good mixer so vodka can have a couple of bases one of which is potato yes and what do you what do you make yours with so ours is just like a, a neutral grain so corn or rye is what mm. I'm vodka is based on so, so corn barley and rye are pretty much the main base ingredients oh yeah for yeah. everything and yeah. it's it's as natural a product as you can get right i mean you just right. you get natural stuff out of the farm and then you ferment that's right <laughs> good stuff from the farm too without trying to get too pickled basically <laughs> all right cool 
So Logan, and we might we might bring Logan back to talk more about some of the ingredients and everything, but we're going to be talking about distilleries around the state that you can check out. Uh, but in the meantime, a little business to take care of, especially if you want to drive around and visit those distilleries using an RV, right, Dave? Yeah, absolutely. We are once again talking about the great RV dealer, RV World. As the state starts slowly opening up with more people getting vaccinated, but still wanting to stay a little socially distant and cautious, getting an RV and hitting the road with the family is shaping up to be a great option. And especially for getting around to all these distilleries. I mean, I can't think of a better option than uh, (laughs) having your safe place to get back to right in the parking lot. And then you kind of sleep it off and (laughs) head to the next destination in the morning. Uh, It's your own travel. For a reason, yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's your own traveling space. Uh, You set your own cleanliness levels. Uh, You can cook your own meals. It's a great dining space if you're just grabbing takeout from a local restaurant. And Jim, I I think when we were talking about this, you said that you had been to RV. You've uh, rented an RV from RV World before, right? uh, We rented an RV from RV World back in August, and we had an absolute blast. And everything you just described there, where you can drive, you know, hundreds of miles, and then you just lay down anchor and you can have a nice bourbon or a nice cocktail. It's one of the more (laughs) relaxing things uh, at the end of the day. And you go back and get back in, you're all, you're all rested up and you, you hit the road again. And we took the family with another uh, family had two RVs actually. And we had an absolute blast. The stories are great. And I would recommend it to anyone who wants to give it a try. It was fun. And the folks at RV world did a great job actually uh, with all of our needs. That's awesome. So uh, if you want to get your own RV for your family and start shopping now, uh, head to WisconsinRVWorld.com. And remember, if it doesn't say Wisconsin, it's just another RV dealer. All right. Perfect. And we talked about visiting distilleries, whether you're in an RV or whatever. Let's talk about a bunch of them around the state. And uh, Jim, feel free to chime in on sure. ones that you know. Uh, the distilleries, they're, you know, they're not, I mean, they compete with each other sort of, but they also partner in a lot of ways. So in a lot of the distillers, everybody's friends are all making the good stuff. So uh, first one I'm going to give a shout out to is uh, another Milwaukee one. Great Lakes Distillery, which was actually the first new distillery in the state since Prohibition that we know of. And uh, Guy Rehorse started that and his namesake vodka, Rehorsed Vodka, very popular, and Kinnikinnick Whiskey, probably some of the most famous brands, award winners. He's certainly the godfather of, of the new distilling revolution, I would say, within the state of Wisconsin and brought just great thinking and creativity and took some risks. And he's done a great job and he's a good friend of the of ours as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they have a good tasting room down by the Iron Horse Hotel, uh, just as you get into Walker's Point over in Milwaukee. So uh, definitely a great one. Uh, another one that is uh, some distilleries have grown out of wineries. They've, they've learned they right. can diversify beyond the grapes. And uh, one of them is uh, Volersheim Distillery, which is in Prairie du Sac on the east side of the Wisconsin River, right along Highway 188. And that winery's been around for a while, but they were actually making brandy on that property as far back as the 1870s, perhaps unbeknownst to some others, I'm not (laughs) sure. Uh, But today they're distilling brandy and more products once again. It's a natural choice. I mean, the drink originates from grapes. So uh, in addition to an apple eau de vie, which is the uh, water of life, Mm. absinthe and gin. So absinthe, Mm. that stuff is... That is, that's uh, popular That's down in New Orleans. Yes, it is. Yeah. And most people don't remember having it. So <laughs> great one that I visited uh, a little closer to Minneapolis uh, in New Richmond, the 45th Parallel Distillery. I was just there after we did a shoot uh, up in Turtle Lake 
for Discover Wisconsin. I'm like, I am going distillery hopping after this. <laughs> uh, technically, they're not at the 45th parallel. They're at 45 degrees, 6 minutes, and 18.72 seconds. I checked it out on Google Maps because I'm a <laughs> dork. But, but who's counting? But who's counting? <laughs> That's a tougher brand name, though, with all those yeah. things you just sent out there. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's a harder one to remember. So they're rounding down. It's fine. Uh, so they're kind of in a light industrial park. They have a huge building for the distillery part and then a huge tasting room, event space, a little restaurant. They make pizzas there and everything. Uh, and I had a great time talking with uh, the guy who was there. I went there. They opened at 11 a.m. And it was 1130 in the morning when I sauntered in. Uh, but he gave me a lot of great background. And they actually uh, teach classes there. They have flight and tasting classes there. So if you're interested in taking a class and learning how to distill, that's one of the places you can go and hmm. check out. Uh, another another shout out to an up north distillery is one where we have also done some filming uh, in Manaqua. We've, uh, we've had a Manaqua episode or two. And it's right along US 51 now. It used to be tucked a little closer in in downtown. Uh, but right up 51, Wisconsin's backbone. The Northern Waters Distillery, they handcraft small batch spirits, moonshines too. They've gotten into the prohibition mm. era stuff. And it's funny, <laughs> I, was in, I was in Tennessee several years ago and I saw moonshine everywhere. And I'm like, oh, you don't see this in Wisconsin much. And boy, I got back and suddenly I saw it almost everywhere I looked. So it's, it's making a comeback. Yeah, Old uh, Smoky in Tennessee. Old Smoky was the big one. I was in Gatlinburg. Yep. Yeah, it's and the base mm-hmm. of what everything starts from, right? Mm-hmm. So it, most people don't. Probably even know, maybe they do, but it, you know, most all spirits start out as a clear, clear spirit, right? And the way it gets mm-hmm. to the Browns is by, you know, putting it in the barrels um, uh, as well. So those are just learnings for people that are just starting to get into this, mm-hmm. right? And understand that. So that's where Moonshine's, you know, they, they have that show too, Moonshiners. Moonshiners, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that. <laughs> so, uh, but it's fun. That's a, but a fun little fun fact for people. When you, people are surprised by that, actually, when you tell them that, they're like, oh, I just thought it was made brown. <laughs> No, nope, it's got to got to turn that way. It gets a little lighter with the ice in if you if you're watching mm-hmm. on YouTube. So mm-hmm. <laughs> another great time we had was actually visiting Great Northern Distilling in Plover, right by Oso Brewing. If you know your breweries too, and uh, that's right off Fifty One Two and I Thirty Nine. We met with uh, Brian Cummins there, who started it. it. Goes back to like 2012. He's a chemical engineer by trade. He loves to say from grain to glass. Uh, they're Vanguard whiskey, Opportunity rum, Herbalist gin, and they have a. The, there's a lot of potato growing in Central Wisconsin. They have a big potato vodka that's very popular, and uh, they have a great tasting room, Mixology Bar. Uh, we did an old fashioned with a flamed orange. The guy lit the whole drink on fire, and uh, <laughs> I lost a little bit of eyebrow, but it was a wonderful experience. Otherwise, <laughs> you've recovered nicely. I, 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 yeah, you can't even tell. The caterpillars yeah, are back tell. now, yeah. so. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with a couple more here. Uh, Chippewa River Distillery, which is a relatively new one in Chippewa Falls. They're combined with a brewery called Brewster Brothers. A couple from the Twin Cities started it, and I think another person owns it now. But they ha- they have a whole bunch of flavored vodkas. Trumi's vodka, which right. you're familiar, you're quite familiar with them, right? Yes, yeah. I mean, we've I've been up there. I've kind of seen the the uh, different flavors that they have. Are it's kind of very interesting. Like mm-hmm. what people again, what people are doing, the innovation and the creativity that people have is truly amazing. I I, I, I would like I would have never put that together, and then you try it, and you're like, wow, it's really good. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've had their dill vodka, which is yeah. perfect for, for right. bloodies. And they have an habanero vodka, like which is a very spicy hot one. They have a bacon-flavored vodka. I mean, how can you go wrong? So they have a whole <laughs> bunch of bacon. those varieties. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. So I feel like you just need to combine all of those and make the perfect <laughs> Bloody Mary vodka. All I've right. done some mixing with them, yes. There you go. 
Experimentation <laughs> is good. Uh, big shout out to uh, Driftless Glen, which is a great one near Baraboo. Well, it's in Baraboo, right in the heart of Baraboo, actually. Beautiful place, beautiful bottles. <laughs> I mean, it's like hard to throw away and recycle their bottles once you're emptying with them. And it's like, this looks like art. And that's a really good place. They have a big restaurant, too, and everything like that. And you've, you've worked with uh, some of those guys. Yeah. So. Yeah. Again, we have a good, there's a good camaraderie that we have. As you said, we're all competitive, but we all get along uh, really well on the craft side of, of the world. And we, we do band together as, you know, as needed on certain things, whether it's regulations or whatever. But we really we really respect everybody's craft uh, within there because, you know, Logan is a very humble guy, but the um, it's the art and the science that come together in this more than anything I've ever seen when you talk about, like, the barrels and the wood mm -hmm. that's in the barrels and when you put it in your rickhouse, the temperature of the rickhouse and where it's, sto it's stored in the rickhouse. And, like, you know, people ask, did you find the right spot for the right temperature? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, right? <laughs> this is great. Here, right here, actually, we're built right into the, the hills on the west side of Milwaukee, which is where, if you think about it, where all the beer barons mm -hmm. started making their beers because they could store their beer in there and, and, and lager it and things like that when it was cold enough. And, you know, that's where our, we found a great spot for our rickhouse. Yeah, and the actually, yeah, natural geography really does right. play a role in a lot of this. Uh, another one I'll give a shout-out to, but I have not been there. Uh, you know them well, and Dave, Susan, maybe you've been there. They're right up in uh, in, in Dane, not which is Dane County, but Dane's a little settlement within Dane County. Jay Henry and Sons, and their focus is bourbon, right? Yeah, they do, right? A lot of these folks have done some really great work uh, with single barrel bourbons and some of the, they have some, you know, farms that they grow a lot of their stuff on. So they do a fantastic job with a lot of those things and how they age, age them as well. Local sourcing is a huge yeah. thing for distilleries. Yeah. Absolutely. We, we, again, Logan alluded to, we source as much as we can to locally Ottawa, um, the cherries and the cherry juice right from Door County, Wisconsin. So we're proud of that. And that little kiss of honey on the back end just sweetens <laughs> it up enough. Very, very nice. And Jay Henry, um, again, I have not been there, but I'm looking forward to uh, getting over there and trying a whole bunch of their stuff. Yeah, I haven't so, been there yeah. yet either, but they make some great stuff. Uh, mm -hmm. And another one we were at recently, and this is all on the heels of Discover Wisconsin shoots. We were up in Eau Claire. <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing a trend here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric, Eric's job sure. is so hard. <laughs> I like to piggyback trips on the... Uh, back end of these shoots here. Uh, in Eau Claire, Infinity Beverages started a winery, and then they've added a distillery as well. And uh, they have a really big variety um, in their tasting room, which is right on Highway 93 on the south side of Eau Claire, easy to get to from the interstate and from 53 and everything like that. So if you like a little bit of wine, and they have actually have some wine in cans that are it's almost a little bit carbonated that's really good. And then the, mm. the selection that they offer at the distillery is yeah. pretty sweet. Yeah, and, and again, we, people are that are have those tasting rooms, ours has been closed, but people that have those can really do some fun mm -hmm. things with, with how they distill things right on the premise with you know their natural ingredients. So kudos to them. It's great. And I'll, I'll let you guys name a couple of your distilleries, too. I know I've been hogging some of the time here, but since I'm in the middle of a distillery, <laughs> it feels right. But, uh, you know, let's, uh, let's take some of your favorites there, Dave, Susan. Yeah, my favorites uh, just in Madison are, I, I know we mentioned Old Sugar Distillery in the Madison Hidden Gems episode. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That's a big favorite of mine. Um, the other one, which I'm uh, drinking their whiskey now, but I actually haven't been to the distillery, is Yahara Bay Distillers. And they opened up in 2007. Uh, I know that their two kind of specialties are apple brandy and single barrel whiskey. 
and they have a tasting room as well. There's art gallery, live music on Friday nights. I don't know the status of that due to COVID, but um, they also do tours on Saturdays. So definitely a place that is on my radar for checking out this summer. Yeah, Madison's really seen a couple of them uh, rise up in the last little bit. And Susan, uh, up in Door County, where you're, you're hanging out, you got yeah. a couple you like up there. I do. So like a mile and a half away from my house is Hatch Distillery, which is pretty new in Egg Harbor. I do love that. They have some really like funky, like new recipes for cocktails that I really enjoy. Um, Also really great apple brandy that they have in their old fashioned, which I think Mm. is super great. Of course, Door County Distillery, which is off of the Door County Winery, also really fantastic. Um, But then I also took to the Cabin Instagram, which if you're not following us at the Cabin Pod, uh, I don't know what you're doing. But our Instagram (laughs) friends all had votes for Wollersheim, Northern Waters, Copper Crow, uh, quite a few for Great Northern, Great Lakes, and La Crosse, and then also the Driftless Glen. So Mm -hmm. yeah, our podcast fans have been around the distillery (laughs) market, which has been really fun Mm -hmm. to see. That is another one, Lacrosse Distilling, which I've mm-hmm. been to Lacrosse several times. I've been in front of their building. I have not gone in yet because we were too, <laughs> we were so busy at Turtle Stack and Pearl uh, Pearl Sounds Street. Sounds like the, and some sh- of the show's going on the road again. Yeah, got uh, <laughs> to the road and do more research. Um, but God, what a gorgeous building! And uh, everybody, I've I've known several people who've been there, and they said they just make some fantastic products. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll, we'll give a shout out to a couple more that I'm not I'm not as experienced with, but I want to make sure they're on your radar if you're in that region or if you're planning on going there. Fond du Lac, and if you know of any of these, if you know much sure. about any of these, feel free to chime in. Um, you know, up in Fond du Lac, they have Ledge Rock Distillery, which I have not checked out, uh, but it's on my list. Minhas, that's a brewery that launched a distillery. Usually Correct. it's a winery. Yeah. And but, I think they do a lot of stuff not only on their own, but also for others uh, within the within the distilling community uh, from mm. a private label standpoint or some other things, some virtual distilling that goes on. And just like mm. there are some breweries that do that, uh, Minhas, yeah, their long history is they, most of the beer they make, they make like, I think they're the second busiest brewery they're, they're in the big. state, right? Yeah, right. But most of the beer they make is for other markets yeah. and for other brands. So their distillery, they do that too, although they make a few of their own. Mm-hmm. But that's mm. the, the point. Actually, if yeah, if you're a young distiller and you can't have your own distillery yet, there are places you can contract with sure. that will follow your recipes and help you get going. They'll help you. Absolutely. I mean, it's again, it's a very tight-knit community of folks because there aren't a time. I mean, you're reading off a, a number of them, but um, there, at the end of the day, there aren't a lot of them, right? No. It was certainly within the state, um, especially compared to, I think, breweries, right, where we've seen the craft uh, beer explosion and having lived that. There's over 9,000 breweries across the United States now. Um, I don't even know how many there are in, in Wisconsin. There's some great ones. I know there's um, about 220 and yeah, counting, something yeah. like that. So we've named off most of the distilleries here. So there's still there's still room to grow, and we still mm-hmm. feel there's big opportunities to grow too. Absolutely. Um, little town of Coleman, where my grandmother grew up. They have about 800 people, but they have a distillery now, the Northwoods Distillery. Um, Serona. My Serona. Uh, it's, <laughs> sorry. It's between White Rice Lake and Spooner, right along 53. They have the Perlick Distillery, which is funny because I know Perlick right. is the manufacturer of like bar refrigerators. Well, and one stuff. of the biggest in the world, actually. Yeah. Based right here in Milwaukee, a lot of uh, dispensing equipment, sure. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if there's a relation between the two, but there is a Perlick Distillery up there. Uh, White Wolf Distillery in Shell Lake, Cambridge, just uh, added one recently with Dancing Goat. And uh, another one in Milwaukee, which is funny. I live right, I live close to it. I've never been in Twisted Path. Right, 
Right. Yeah. They, you know, they're a good local uh, distillery as well. Or again, we've kind of done some things. You can find their products out in the market as well. And uh, again, up and coming, um, mm-hmm. young, younger. Now, in Central Standard, you you date back to 2014. Correct. I didn't even do my research. I'm reading it off the barrel that I can see <laughs> in the distance over there right now. Telegraph, very telegraphic for you. I, I've known you for a while, so we got to put those cues in place, Eric. So. <laughs> yes, we do. So I, and actually, I was in their original tap room, which was on Second Street in Walker's Point, right by right. Clock Shadow Creamery. Big favorite mm. for everybody around here. Yes. And. Um, what I liked the the spirits there. They had a white whiskey, which is it was weird to me, but I knew all spirits like you right, mentioned. Right. They start out clear, right? And so is the difference just that they don't age it in yeah barrels, just that, aged differently and not aged in bourbon barrels. Um, what would you age it in, like a steel tank or a? Yeah, I mean, I'd have to ask Logan that question from a <laughs> white whiskey standpoint. How do the, how does that age or does it age really? Come on in here, buddy. Okay, come on in. So we don't do much white whiskey. So what we do is. Um, a high wine, which is white whiskey, um, oh. is what we get out of the still. And we put that into barrels. Usually we let that age four to five years, preferably longer. The longer it ages, the better it gets. So, hmm. yeah, just like life, right? <laughs> God, I hope so for my sake because, <laughs> yeah, there, so there, there is white whiskeys like that. I loved the gin that you guys made because it wasn't, I'm not as big on juniper right. per se, and it was less junipery. Right, right now we're seeing we actually have uh, just launched a new brand new gin called uh, Guided Trail Gin, and it's it's that citrus forward. People are looking for that again. It it's it speaks to innovation now. People are really looking to build off a base of something that's good. So again, gin is described as must be have fifty one percent juniper in it. Uh, we have orange peels, lemon peels, lime peels in there as part of the botanicals um, that are, we have uh, a lavender and a rosemary and rose hips that are in there. So you add, get that botanical junipery taste, but it's really a refreshing drink when you start adding some of those citrus notes to them. And it, it takes some experimenting, which how much huh. you put in there. And these guys do a great job of that. Yeah. And the, the thing is with the experimenting, you have to wait a long time to know if the experiment works. Uh, yeah. To a degree, gin's so. a little bit different, right? Yeah, bourbon for sure, right? You're kind of we, yes. we test our bourbons. You know, once a month we get together and pull pull right out of our barrels. We have fifty gallon barrels and twenty five gallon barrels, and we we kind of test it and see from a panel of us, the distillers and Pat and Evan and myself, we get involved and kind of test this, taste it and see, right? Where when's it ready? When's it not ready? So that's where the art and the science come in. So um, it's fun. I mean, those are fun Thursday afternoons. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, um, the uh, the testing part is really cool, and then you can make minor course corrections along the way, and that's how you. And that's right. really where a lot of the innovation comes from, right? It is. Sometimes it's you know trial by error. Sometimes it's whoops, I didn't mean to do that, but man, that does taste pretty good, right? And Logan's over <laughs> here shaking his head. You can't see him off the camera, uh, but yeah, I mean it's kind of how Door County Cherry came about. We had a good vodka, but what was new and was different, and how can we in, in put that Wisconsin esque aspect into it. And, you know, people are very, very proud of the Door County cherry aspect. And when you talk about Door County, people immediately, I think, think of Door County cherries. Mm-hmm. And um, if you haven't had it, as, as Eric said, it mixes well with anything. Uh, the only thing we haven't found really is milk. It doesn't mix as well with milk, <laughs> but some people might like that. And that's a Wisconsin thing too. So maybe, maybe there's some milk drinkers that want to mix their Door County cherry in there. Well, but. if you know your Laverne and Shirley references, she had milk and Pepsi and they were based here. So. <laughs> exactly. You can try it with a white Give it a try, Russian, right? Innovation, Eric. Innovation. Absolutely. Yeah. Cocktail experimentation. So, it's a good thing. 
Yeah. So Jim, and I guess Logan, aside from the Door County Cherry in the Red Cabin, what has been your favorite like invention that maybe you accidentally discovered in this distilling process? Yeah. So I would say um, the gin, the guided uh, trail gin for me, mostly because I was never really a gin drinker. Um, I never really considered it. I was always bourbon. And since we experimented with that over the past few months, I really come to really enjoy uh, gin and how versatile it is. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm going to keep experimenting with it. So Nice. Sounds good. And we're working on a couple other things that we're going to keep under uh, under wraps and cloak and dagger, but there's a lot of things going on that we watch in the industry, low to no alcohol type of things and bourbons, and we, we see some of them coming out. But honestly, one of the favorite things I've been working on is how we're doing and what the team's doing with brandies. Um, craft brandy is really starting to be on the rise as well. And we've had some fun, whether you do some flavors. I know we had mentioned some of the other distilleries make some great Mm -hmm. apple brandies, things like that. But how do we play with some of the different flavors within the brandy world? Uh, Because it's such a great versatile, you know, it was one of the original spirits that came out after Prohibition. And there's the reason there's so many classic cocktails is because it came out during that time. And it mixes, again, it mixes very well with a lot of different things. And I know here in Wisconsin, we love our brandy old-fashioned sweets. So our North Brandy kind of fits Mm -hmm. just right along with that. Very nice. Yeah, I'm brandy old-fashioned sour. We have an entire You're sour. You're a sour guy. I go sour. Oh, interesting. See, this is the debate. We've had a whole (laughs) episode on old fashions. Yeah. We Mm -hmm. all partook throughout in in that one. And um, yeah, but nobody's wrong in this. That's the beauty. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of But how do you take your old-fashioned, Jim? Uh, I go sweet, brandy old-fashioned sweet, and then I uh, do have a little bit of, yep, a little Sprite on top. I'm a classic Wisconsin, Scotty, Mm -hmm. classic Scotty guy, (laughs) born and raised here, so I have to drink it that way, almost by birthright, we have to do it that way. (laughs) You do get assigned that around age two or three, Yeah, you do, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We should really rethink that. Like 21 or something. (laughs) And now tours, well, okay, one thing about COVID, a lot of uh, distilleries did a little bit of adjusting to make sanitizer. Yeah. Uh, Keeping the lights on, quite honestly, is what it was also called. But there was a need out in the community, as everyone knew. And Pat and Evan said, you know, there's a need out there. How do we do this? And how do we actually, we donated most of the sanitizer to schools. Um, We're right on, right off of the Marquette University campus here. They're still a customer of ours where uh, we kind of kept them going a little bit. Uh, It was something that there was a need. We're very community involved, very community focused. We like to be involved and help out where we can. And we know that that pays dividends. And this is such a a community that remembers those kind of things as well. So uh, Wisconsin's very good that way, right? We're we're very protective of all our local products. And uh, we want to hopefully be part of that. And yeah, sanitizer was was just a different aspect. It was just all hands on deck where people were all of a sudden filling sanitizer bottles instead of bottles of brandy, which was a different uh, different look for the line, that's for sure. So. They could wipe their hands with the product and yeah, be very, very safe. Very cleanly place, yeah. yes. <laughs> so tasting rooms and uh, tours the, for the distilleries that offer them, they're starting to open up again, uh, often in limited capacity. But really, we're kind of... We're in a situation now where it's 50% plus in some places, and it's really getting more, especially outstate. Yeah. But uh, so, you know, you're starting to open some of yours because you, you guys will do some t- arranged tours. We will, yeah. So our, our 
our production facility or our distillery here is, is we need we need the capacity, right? So we're on 23rd and Clybourne, but we're opening up a brand new uh, tasting room, which is almost more of an experience on 3rd and Clybourne, right downtown Milwaukee. Uh, we're going to have a, a nice um, kind of a tour area where you can uh, see how products are distilled. We'll have a, a still in there, a pot still in there where we'll make products. We'll have a bar, full bar and restaurant. We'll have event space for people if they want to have any of their events. And then the crowning jewel of anything in Milwaukee, we like being outdoors and we, we uh, have those three, four months of summer, uh, we'll have a rooftop patio that uh, you'll be able to see the full skyline of downtown Milwaukee, see into the, the Summerfest grounds and see the, the water on Lake Michigan and just a beautiful vista, if I can say that. Eric. Of course you can say that. That is a beautiful vista. I don't vista. say the word vista often. But <laughs> so that'll be downtown right across from the Third Ward. Yeah. So a great location. And uh, real, and that's the beautiful part. You'll find distilleries in the downtowns of right. sizable cities, and you'll find them in the middle of nowhere. Sometimes you find ones in the we, middle of the like woods that haven't been licenced yet. Urban so. experiences. <laughs> be urban. Bourbon. Yeah. Uh, the urban <laughs> bourbon experience. Yes. Like it. I like it. So, I believe by now, if you're listening and or watching, you're already working on your own distillery tour right now. And uh, <laughs> I hope we've moved you in that direction. And ours will be open at the end of July, so we're yes, not open the new there yet. There. Yeah, the new tasting room. So, if you book it before then, <laughs> uh, I guess uh, knock on our door over here, but um, <laughs> yeah, at the end of July. And there's, again, I think your, your point is a great one where you can start popping around and seeing a number of different distilleries across the state and even around uh, the Milwaukee area where, where people can really experience uh, what's going on in the beverage industry and in the, in the spirit side of the world. And there is a, a, a distillerytrail.com is a great website to find right. a whole bunch of distilleries, the addresses and a little bit more about them and everything. So if you want to put together a custom tour like that, you can. That's certainly how I found out about some of the distilleries I didn't already know about. Now, more road trips. So, we know that's how you're doing it. More so. road trips is a very, very good thing. So, all right. <laughs> well, Jim, first of all, thank you so much for letting us set up shop in here. Thanks for being here. I, and this was fun. Yeah, we this love is doing great. this and love telling the story. And you can see the whole, uh, you know, the distillery. Style. Jim's actually sitting right next to me here. But yeah, this is where <laughs> this is where they all, you know, this is where the magic happens. Like really, pretty much all your output is right here, right? Right. So that's yeah, impressive. Absolutely, absolutely. We have a full <laughs> facility here, and it's where all the magic takes place. And uh, again, guys like uh, Logan, and we have another distiller, Greg, who. Every day, that's what they're doing, right? So if you would, and, and the, you know, I think Wisconsin also embraces that beverage side of the world and the education of it. They have mm -hmm. great educational programs uh, for if you're a young distiller or someone who knew, wants to kind of break in. You get a lot of people who want to help you, um, and you have a lot of great, great uh, expertise in the area too. So it's fun to see a vibrant community like that in, in the state to keep things going, right? Because if it's just one or two, it doesn't work. We need a community mm -hmm. to do that. You need the cluster. You do. If you will. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, you can, you can find out more about those distilleries on that uh, distillery website there. And then if you have a distillery you know of in the state and you want to let us know about it, our Facebook page, Around the Campfire, message us. We're on Instagram, of course, at The mm -hmm. Cabin Pod. So uh, we're always open to finding out about even more because this is a growing industry. Mm -hmm. It is. Growing and fun. We like that. Yes, indeed. Lift yeah. your spirits, right? <laughs> we need that a little bit. We do. And, you know, I know of a couple breweries uh, in and around Beloit, but I haven't been to. Uh, I haven't been to a distillery there yet, so I'm hoping there's one that opens there pretty soon. Uh, but there's a lot of great spots to stop and uh, drink and eat and enjoy, and that is in Beloit. 
a city which has gone through some unbelievably cool transformations over the last few years. Now, Susan sat down and got to chat with Jeff Whiteman from Geronimo Hospitality. They have a lot of the great places in Beloit. He's Mm -hmm. explaining the evolution that Beloit is making and why it's such a great weekend getaway spot. Can you explain to us why Beloit ain't what it used to be? Gosh, um, if you go back a, a decade or more ago in Beloit, a number of manufacturing facilities had closed. Unemployment was the highest in all of Wisconsin. Um, it had a disproportionate crime rate in the city. People in the city lived here, but they didn't work here. They didn't play here. They didn't, they didn't do anything other than just live here. Mm-hmm. And over the last decade, that has just completely turned to 180. Now people want to live here, they want to work here, they want to play here. People coming from outside of the communities, whether it's in Northern Illinois or up through the Madison market, coming down to Beloit and making it a destination, a place for staycations and getaways. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been in the city quite a few times in the last two years and the way it's, I've even just seen it in that time really pop up to more of a fun you know, want to be destination, I think has been super cool. So if you had to make a day long itinerary for someone who had never been to Beloit, where would you take them and why? Gosh, okay. Well, I would start my morning at Blue Collar Coffee. We use Ruby Roasters out of northern Wisconsin, maybe have a latte and a freshly baked go to some sort, and then, then maybe pop over to uh, the Ironworks Golf Lab. There, we have a couple different options. One, we could take a lesson from one of the highest renowned golf instructors in the entire Midwest, Travis Becker. Or maybe we just want to play some zombie dodgeball on one of these simulators or something like that. Okay, hang on. Uh, I got to stop you. What is okay. zombie Gosh. <laughs> dodgeball? Okay. So, so these simulators are giant screens, that uh, interactive screens that you can play golf and basketball, football, hockey, a number of other games. But uh, the kid's favorite is zombie dodgeball. They are, <laughs> and you can set up a number of different types of zombies to play against. And uh, they're throwing fictitious balls at you. You're throwing real balls at the screen. And they're, they're trying to get out of the cemetery. You're trying to keep them into the cemetery. So oh my gosh. it's a hoot. Um, <laughs> it, it sounds like it's fun. It's also uh, remarkably exhaustive as you continue to battle the zombies throughout the afternoon. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, from there, you need a, you need a meal. So I go to Lucy's Number Seven Burger Bar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, stuffed burgers, similar to the Juicy Lucy, made famous from uh, Minnesota. It's mm-hmm. uh, Beloit's own version of that. Fantastic stuff. In the afternoon, I'd probably go to the Beloit Club, uh, the region's premier golf establishment. Either a, you can sit by the the resort pool and do nothing but have cocktails. Or you could actually go out and play golf out on the course. So either one would make a nice for a great afternoon in Beloit. Let's see. I'd probably come back and go downtown to Trucked, Trucked uh, Taco, Tequila, and Whiskey Bar, and uh, select a margarita from one of the over 40 types of tequilas they offer there. Then I'd probably go to Maryland Houston State Joint for dinner. Um, it, it is the first restaurant of its type to uh, locate in Beloit about eight years ago, before anybody else was was coming downtown. And, and is really the staple of the entire area as far as a great night out. After that, I'd probably then decide where the heck I'm going to stay because I probably need to stay in town at that point. <laughs> and, yes. um, you know, there's a couple different options directly across the street from one another. Ironworks uh, Hotel 
is uh, sort of a, it's an industrial theme, a tribute to the Industrial Revolution in Wisconsin. It's got more of that sort of casual but, but chic kind of feel to it. And directly across the street from that is Hotel Goodwin, which is uh, sexy, it's edgy, but it's also refined. And we kind of refer to it as the Blake Shelton, the Gwen Stefani of the hotels. And which one is more, <laughs> which is more your type? And so, um, you know, you pick one of those and then uh, end your evening at the rooftop at Hotel Goodwin and, and just enjoy the vibe of, of listening to a DJ, hanging out by the fire pit and uh, having a cocktail. There's, awesome. there's my day in a nutshell. That's your day. Well, honestly, I mean, I've had a margarita at Trekt. I've stayed at the Ironworks Hotel. Fantastic night to be had by all. So definitely feel you there. <laughs> You'd be surprised how often I do just what I just said, too. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I mean, you can't talk about zombie dodgeball with such conviction if you haven't done it once yes, or twice. <laughs> correct, correct. And we're so excited to be working with you guys and helping people understand that Beloit ain't what it used to be. And I know that if people go to any of the social media pages for Discover Wisconsin, people can also even get, you know, some discount codes, staying at the hotels and hanging out in Beloit, making a great staycation. So thank you so much for your time today. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, shout out to G Five Brewing too. I love that place in Beloit. So mm-hmm. Susan, uh, we get some. We got some more love coming our way. We have so much love coming our way. That's the <laughs> probably the funnest part. Funnest, whatever. It's the most yep, fun part it. about the podcast. I told you, I'm not here today, guys. Our review of the week. I'm drinking is, bourbon. I'm fine with it either way. <laughs> We're almost done, Susan. <laughs> Perfect. I think all of our listeners should uh, have some bourbon while they listen to me talk on this episode. So this <laughs> review of the week is called Love It by Greg from DeForest. He says, I absolutely love the podcast. I came to it late and just started listening in January. It's been great hearing all the episodes binge style. Even after <laughs> living in the Northeast, Central, and now South Central Wisconsin, I am learning new and unique things every episode. My favorite episode was about the Supper Clubs, which talk about a top episode. (laughs) I now have several more road trips I have to make out of each of them. Thank you for all that you do to introduce people to the wonder that is Wisconsin. Thank you, Grace. These, well, these reviews are getting nicer and nicer. They really <laughs> they just we, warm my heart. <laughs> we only had one that ripped on us, uh, although that was kind of fun because it was so... It wasn't unique. me, was it? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not yet. Who Not knows? Not yet. Not yet. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. We'll how be watching goes. closely here. Well, <laughs> since we're in Maine really embracing the start to the summer weather, we thought it would be the perfect time to discuss a Discover Wisconsin favorite, rushing waters and relaxing waters. All about the rivers and the water. So come back next week. Figure out how you can spend your summer on the water and get some fun excitement from the Discover Wisconsin crew about some of your favorite Wisconsin waterfalls. Today's episode of The Cabin was hosted by Eric Paulson, Dave Janis, and me, Susan Foch, with guest host of Jim Cantor, produced by me and Audio Dave, with video editing by Andrew Natvig, and social media by me and Abby Stecker. The Cabin is a production brought to you by Discover Media Works. To learn more, head to discovermediaworks.com, and don't forget to leave us a review. And here's this week's installment of Know Your Wisconsin. In today's world, there's a strong desire for unfiltered, unbiased, and nonpartisan media coverage. And that is the goal of Wisconsin Eye Public Affairs Network, the nation's first and only independent, non-government-funded, state capital broadcast organization. Wisconsin Eye is essentially Wisconsin's version of C-SPAN at the national level. So we are an independent, nonprofit 
with a core mission of providing gavel-to-gavel -gavel coverage of what happens in the state capitol. All three branches of government, so the governor's office, the legislature, both houses, and the state Supreme Court. Wisconsin Eye has been broadcasting for nearly 15 years and has produced more than 14,000 hours of state capital and related civic programming. The infrastructure itself is, is pretty simple. We have robotically controlled cameras, and there is a network of fiber optic cable behind the wall that all meets in the basement of the Capitol, and there's an underground pathway between the basement of the Capitol and our network operations center a block away uh, at the corner of Francis in West Washington. From their studio, Wisconsin Eye produces live television from two production pods where they have the power to robotically shift and change cameras. I believe that what we do is more important today than ever before. Access is really important in a partisan, divided, fractured media environment where soundbite information seems to be the rule of the day. Citizens have a right to know what happens beyond just a clip on the 10 o'clock news at night. We are the place to go, the only place that has the verbatim audio and video record of what happens in the state capitol. And now you know your Wisconsin.